Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me is Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been an interesting week. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy week, and I will get this out of the way. We, I kind of trounced through uh, Shadow Dragon to to hit our our goal of I think we established eight chapter eighteen last last week. And funny enough, I we were talking just before recording, and I remember you had reminded me that Game Club is every other week. So, like we're both we're both sitting pretty for for next week with uh, we just finished chapter nineteen. So that'll be exciting. Well, like we said last week in um, Game Club, we'll discuss uh, possibly moving it further on uh, for next week, since we both already got past the goal line. Um, I already met- mentioned in Discord that we were both already at 19, so mm-hmm. uh, that is an updated goal already for uh, Game Club, and we might go even further. Uh, we'll go through that a bit later. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting. And for those, this is a bit, little bit of a different episode. We're recording on a on a Sunday afternoon, so you might hear uh, Caden or Abby upstairs enjoying some some lovely Sunday afternoon. Uh, yesterday was my birthday, so I want to thank everybody for the well wishes. But by the time everyone jetted from the house uh, and we were going to record. I literally fell asleep on the couch <laughs> when I texted you, and when you texted me, and I sent back like, "Oh man, I'm so zonked." I had fallen asleep for already a half hour at that point. <laughs> I could get my eyes. It was open. your birthday. You shouldn't have to work on your birthday if you don't want to. So that, that's true. It's not I, a problem. I did want to. Funny enough, I was saying like, I, I we had a packed day. We went to see Captain Marvel, then we had family over for dinner, and and by the time I had gotten the kids to bed, I had inadvertently put myself to bed as well. So. Um, anyways, I, I apologize for the late posting, everybody, but we're gonna, we're gonna have some fun here, and we're gonna talk about Fire Emblem Heroes, starting with the banner updates, we've got Love Abounds going until the 11th of March, Beyond Darkness, the newest banner, going until the 10th of April, that's a, we'll talk about that, Heroes with Sweep Skills going until the 13th of March as well, Eddie, how did you do? Uh, yeah, um... So we're going right into the weirdness of this week right away in that our new Normal Heroes banner is here for an entire month. Uh, It did also come with a surprise um, Forging Bonds, which came out when the trailer was released. Uh, So I did hop into the Forging Bonds to get all four of the uh, free summon tickets out of there. And each time I used one of those free summon tickets, I did finish out the wheel on any of the Focus Colored Orbs. And while uh, pulling through, I got Idun or Ithun, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I've heard it both ways. Um, uh, so the new... Uh, I got probably the other weird thing about this banner, but mm-hmm. um, which we'll go over when we go over the banner later on. Um, and while this may sound odd coming from me, considering my uh, history... Uh, since I have no real connection to any of the other characters, and none of their kits are that amazing, uh, closest would be Sue, and even then it's a, you know, not an amazing tier 4 skill. I think I'm good on this banner. Oh, really? I mean, we we talked a bit about this last week where we talk about 
the state of the game and and uh, looking at where the game goes from here and how how we've changed over the last two years. And I think I think it's it's important to to note that even if you and I change the way we interact with the game, it probably I can't say for certain, but probably won't impact the show in the sense that we are both huge fans of the Fire Emblem franchise and. I've dropped free-to-play games before. The fact that I've been playing this one for two years since the very day it launched um, says a lot, and I still play every day. So, uh, yeah, I'm. it's interesting. This banner, you're right. I don't really have a connection to it either. These characters look cool. Adune, I think, looks the coolest, uh, and we'll get into mm-hmm. that later. She's probably looking the coolest because she's essentially, you had said, the main villain from that game, right? I hadn't said that yet, but yeah, I did when looking into the characters, she is essentially the main villain from the game. Mm-hmm. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, later on once we get into our topic, but I I pulled, so again, like this is a, a normal hero's banner paired alongside a forging bonds, so there are event tickets. Uh, I ended up not, with the first event ticket they give you, I ended up completing a ring. And I, I think for me, you know, I was going for a dune, going for uh Pretty much one of every anybody on that banner looks cool, except for uh, basically the color palette swap of Wraith or whatever, or Ray or whatever his name. I have so many of those like little and, mage guys that. And, I, and we'll go over why he's a palette swap later. Yeah, for sure. But so essentially, I didn't get anyone on the banner, but I did end up pulling a Brave Roy once again, completing the joke that I was not going to get a legendary Roy, but every other version of Roy <laughs> uh, <laughs> while the legendary banner was running. Um, I actually didn't get legendary Roy or, or any additional five star heroes from the legendary banner, but uh, I did pick up Brave Roy, which I did not have. So I'm kind of stoked about that. I'll probably uh, check him out later on, but yeah, kind of a quiet week in terms of summoning. Yeah, and my comment that I'm probably not going to summon on this banner anymore is not necessarily a indication that I'm losing interest in the game per se. It's just I've been wanting to save money for a while, and this is one of the banners where there's not a character that I did not get that I'm re- like, oh, I still really want that character, so maybe I'll go ahead and spend the rest of my orbs on it. It's just... Sue's kind of interesting, but there is a high chance of Lou, and I really don't, not that, not interested enough in Sue that I feel like, uh, you know, spending orbs to do that. Which yeah, is perfectly fine. Getting a pity but, break uh, from of Lou trying to go for Sue that would really upset me as well, I, and especially if you're having and, to put money into the game to to try to get Sue. Yeah, and I was definitely aiming to not put money in, and definitely not doing that uh at this point it looks like and i think it was um opera yeah opera uh like predicted early on that he would get uh lou broken hunting for sue which he did but he did manage to get sue pretty quickly after so there was at least that for him yeah a bit of a silver Uh, lining yep continuing the weirdness going on um we still have yet to get a um new uh calendar uh, but we did get this morning the new tap battle popped up, and yeah. it's a repeat tap battle with absolutely no orbs in, to, in it. So, or well, as far as we know so far, absolutely no orbs. Uh, none of the first four uh, stage or first eight stages had orbs, and the uh, 
overall set of quests has a bunch of repeat accessories. So, Aya seems to be calling your bluff there, Ryan. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is, like, I only played Tap Battle because there were orbs involved, and you remove orbs from that mode. Now, here's the thing. Let's get them the benefit of the doubt of it a little bit. Do you think they've removed orbs from Tap Battle this time because it's a repeat, and there's no real, like, newness to it? Or what do you think? Well, if... Like with Grand Hero Battles or Brown Hero Battle Revivals, there was no rewards for completing it again. Mm-hmm. That would make sense to me. But they're still giving you feathers and, um, you know, uh, or gems, crystal shards, and crystals. So, I mean, they're giving you rewards for completing the stages again. Uh... You know, like, I got a Dueling Swords thing as well. Mm. But they're giving no orbs. Right. And they have a new set of quests for accessories, which is fine. That's kind of normal. So unless they drop another set of quests that have some orbs in there, it really makes no sense that they're getting rid of orbs on this one. Even if it is a repeat, you know? It almost feels like they're getting to the point where... um, they're making tap battle more for people who want to play tap battle than for people who play we uh, daily, like us. Yeah, and uh, you know the thing is with tap battle, like I, I, st- we will have to wait to see. But if they're removing orbs from these modes, is it intelligence system saying we don't want to give you more orbs, or is it intelligence system saying? We have a new mode coming that we want to reward you with orbs and we want we don't want to saturate because the game requires a business model and that business model is people pumping money into getting orbs. And if they keep giving them away for free with every new mode that comes, there's no way I can prove this. There's no way to back this up. However, uh, I mean, maybe we give them the benefit of the doubt, but if April hits and that new mode hits and it's just new currencies or new items or whatever... I mean, I mean, then we can light our torches, right? But uh, this is a significant chunk of orbs lost. Like, probably, I mean, I don't know how many you usually get from Tap Battle, but, like, it was 10 from the quests alone, right? Uh, yeah, it was 10 from the quests alone, and then I think, like, two from stages. One from the very first stage uh, last month. Previously, I think it was, like, um, two, uh, two to four per day. You know, first day being an extra one. Like, two per set of four. And then, you know, three at the end. So it's, yeah, definitely like 10 to 15 orbs gone that were there before. And with the banner, makes me wonder if they're trying to slow things down. Yeah. You know, they're yeah, two the years in and they're going to start doing one banner a month or something. Because, uh, I mean,. We don't know if we have any other banners coming out this month, special or not, because we still don't have a calendar. And March you know? doesn't normally, off the top of my head, like, doesn't really scream special banner, right? Like, because when's um, the Bridal Blessing? Is that March? Bridal's, like, closer to June, but I think the Spring Banner was usually late March, or was that in April? I can't remember for sure. Definitely early uh, April. Yeah, so I mean, Easter is in April, and I thought that the spring banners were out before Easter. Uh, but since we have no calendar, we really don't know. Uh, but 
even without the calendar, we do have a bunch of events going on. As always, we have a new arena season, Blessed Gardens, Tactics Drills, Rival Domains, and Ether Raid. Uh, as we previously mentioned, we had that Forging Bonds, Reason to Fight for the new banner, uh, going on till March 22nd. The Bound Hero Battle Revival of Micaiah and Suth running until uh, pretty much tomorrow, mm -hmm. or tonight at 2 a.m. The Weapon Workout Quests uh, running until the 17th. The March Orb Promo that uh, launched a day or two ago going until the 22nd. And that Tap Battle uh, Repeat that uh, started this morning going until the 4th of April. Nice. Well, in terms of upcoming events... Uh... Not a lot on the horizon, as we don't have a new calendar. I'm sure they'll drop it as soon as we finish recording, if they decide to. But uh, Grand Hero Battle Rutger is happening on the 11th of March, and then a data mine shows that a Grand Conquest will be starting. So I'm glad they at least snuck that in there for you, Eddie. Yes, I'm so... Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, let's move into something a little more interesting than Grand Conquest. Let's talk about our new story chapter, our new hero banners. Beyond Darkness banner and chapter is what we're talking about today. We got one of the weirder banners, if not the weirdest, which is a normal banner here for over a month. But the big thing this week is the story chapter added to the game. We find out that Gustav was already dying before this happened, and also that Alphonse has the makings of a good king in him when he is able to analyze Hell and her curse in such a way that makes Air start to doubt. Having exhausted all avenues of research in Asgard, and with the knights holding Hell's army for the time being, a small group is sent to the realm of Hell to try and discover a way to stop her. At the gates we encounter the twist of the knife as Gustav having been killed as part of Hell's curse, this is really confusing, uh, is now dubbed Exasgenerator Ex Ex and one of her generals. Exasgenerator. 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 That's going to be a fun one over the next year as we discuss. <laughs> it, it's, it's a word based on sanguine, which means... Um, hopeful or bloody, but he is exsanguinator. He bleeds you out type thing. Oh, gross. Okay. Uh, yeah, Gustav's now one of Hell's generals, and yeah, it is kind of confusing the fact that we're going to Hell to find out how to defeat Hell. Um, just, yeah. Her name and her realm being the same name is like, which Hell are we talking about now? The place uh, or the person? Yep. And we're, we're sending in our small group of, uh, in my case, over 300, I think. Or at least over 200. But. Oh, because the idea is that we're sending the entire the entirety of the Order of um, Heroes, right? Whether or not we're actually sending the entire entirety of the Order of Heroes, they're not going to prevent me from using any unit I have in my uh, barracks in any of the future story maps when we're already in Hell. And I know that... Um, Anna, Alphonse, and Sharina aren't in my party, and yet they're coming along as well. So, at least eight people with the ability to swap out anyone that I want at any point. Mm -hmm. So, like know, it, it, in theory, it's like the entire order. Basically, I mean, we're not. It, the lore isn't like limiting. Like the story modes haven't changed. It's still like you could yes. tackle them whichever way you want. But in terms yeah, of this if, chapter, if this were sorry, like, yeah, no, go ahead. If if this were a comic or a TV show, they would, you know, show one small group and have that group be the group that fights any 
every time, but for game mechanics, it allows you to swap characters out whenever you want. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I this chapter, I really felt was a good continuation of, of the story. Uh, the fact that we find out Gustav basically sacrificed himself because he was already very sick is, I mean, also kind of a common trope, is it not? Like, you know, the guy who sacrifices yep. himself is also dying from yeah, some it's kind of a common trope, but it also kind of fits with Gustav's character. There was something more going on with him that, you know, whether it's just that he suspected Hell would eventually hunt him down and kill him anyway, mm-hmm. whether or not Alphonse was killed, you know, he figured if he sacrifices himself for Alphonse and he's already on his way out, I mean, it also kind of made sense in the way he was treating Alphonse, it's... Essentially, like I said, when he first was showing up, it's like, the way he's talking, he's going to die. Yeah, he and, he, he was always talking as if he knew he was going to die no matter what. Like, And, and that, I think we... And it makes more sense if he was sick and going to die no matter what happened with Hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so. I really... I like where they're going. It's interesting this kind of shows that the way Hell treats Asker and Simbla in like taking their heroes and 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 taking them over and turning them into the enemy and and the fact that you mentioned that you know Gustav is is dubbed the exsanguinator uh he is now do we feel like he is he is going to be part of the bad guy stream constantly him popping up him you know getting to interact with Alphonse all the time like or do you think he's going to change over the course of these chapters and look more like some of the bad guys uh like the original Asker founder and whatever uh, not really sure. I mean, uh, the way he talked when we defeated him, it sounded kind of final. But, I mean, we've seen with Hell and Leaf and uh, whatever her name is, um, the Embla founder, that they can come back after we kill him. So, who knows if we'll probably end up having him encounter again and again. Uh, may just be the red eyes is all he gets. It could be they have their... Uh, see-through bodies because they've been uh, down there for so long, but mm-hmm. like he uh, starts we'll see to lose what goes on. Physical form, but, maybe. Yep, it was interesting to see Eris starting to have some doubts. Uh, what exactly those doubts are, whether it's just uh, doubts on whether, you know, these people deserve this when they are holding on to such hope despite such a bleak looking future. Or whether she's starting to doubt whether her mom is as all-powerful as her mom as she thinks. Mm-hmm. But we definitely see Air starting to be... She's at least shocked that they're so, you know, hopeful at this point. It makes sense. It, it You know, like, she's she's been a weird one. We've ignored her for a while and that she's just kind of... They forced her into, the, into our party pretty pretty like they kind of explained it away really easily like oh you're gonna infiltrate oh you're infiltrated yeah. now and we don't yeah we're we're very trusting apparently yeah like if the enemy sent her daughter to our party like she would not be in the party like maybe she's still a prisoner but we don't get that that idea that sense lately that I she's mean, a prisoner and it never felt like she was a prisoner i mean she, your enemy sends her daughter, and your daughter, her daughter is not right there espousing that she hates her mother, or something like that. Are you really gonna have her sitting there while you're having all your deep 
strategic conversations, even if you don't make her a prisoner? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be, but apparently they have no problem just sitting there with her in the room telling all her pla- all our plans to her. And yeah. As far as we can tell, she has no actual way to call her mom, but still. If her mom calls her and she can respond, then all our plans are gone. Well, the fact that they're going to hell... Uh, with the daughter it is kind of mm-hmm. like a little a little shocking that you would you you're essentially bringing hell's greatest asset which is this infiltrated party member um but we get the sense that she might be kind of like w- waffling like not really sure whether she's on the right side or the wrong side you know so maybe maybe we'll see some some work there but yep we don't really know, and uh, the fact that this normal manor is running for a month, we don't know if we're going to get a story update for another month, so that's a little a little frustrating yeah. as well. But uh, the new characters that were present in the banner really didn't have much of a of an impact in this story chapter, especially this first one here that we're going to talk about. Yeah, but they seldom really do. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean... Heck, the fact that there are new characters in the grouping, in the army for this, is just very confusing. I guess um, Thresir still holds the ability to make contracts? I don't know. Because, hmm. or Leaf still holds the ability to open portals to get the people? Because logically, Embla's not involved, so how are they getting these new random heroes to join them? Oh, I mean, the new the new random heroes don't seem to be dead. So, although maybe Hell has access to all realms through the death, their death. So this is them after they died in their game. Maybe actually that's a good point. Like she's just pulling them in because they they maybe they're I mean, pulling it's... from my playthrough where I allowed Lou to to die, <laughs> or if I if uh, I had played that game. Unlikely since you haven't played that game. But yes, that's the. <laughs> thing that's the thing that's you know gameplay trumps uh story because you know they have new characters for the summoning focus they need to bring them in introduce them to you somehow so they're going to do it this way but it doesn't really make sense if you really think about it but speaking of those characters uh the first of the four new characters on the banner is lou the anima child uh, he's the twin brother of everyone's favorite red mage, Ray. Wait, what do you mean you don't even know Ray was in the game? He's the starting mage you get at the very beginning of the game. He's, oh, yeah. He's Everyone ignores him. <laughs> Everyone ignores him, and kind of rightfully so, because he's starting mage, so he's really not that powerful. Um, aside from that, Lou and Ray are the children of Nino from Blazing Blade. Uh and that is why Lou is pretty much just a color swap because he's the twin brother of Ray. So his look um, and feel is a color swap, but his skills are are very different. His skills are definitely different. Yeah, he is green instead of red, green infantry mage, uh, and he does come with a new weapon, a serpent uh, tome for green units, uh, the Grand Serpent Plus. It grants defense resistance plus six during combat if a ranged foe initiates the combat. Uh, it's essentially the same thing as female Morgan's Blar Serpent, uh, but for green mages, as I mentioned. Um, he also uh, he has no new skills, but also comes with Rally Up Resistance, Mirror Sense, and Attack Faint. Hmm. So, yeah, Lou also sharing a sharing a green orb with Sue, Doe of the Plains. The daughter yep, as of- we mentioned order, 
or earlier, he's pretty much here to pity break people going after Sue. Yeah, which is, you know, Intelligent Systems was doing pretty well, and then they just had to throw in a shared color. I mean, I think we see through that pretty quickly now. I mean, it it it's annoying, and especially when they make such a big difference between the actual skill sets of the two characters that share color. But, I mean, as far as green goes, green kind of needs it. Hmm. Because green is still the smallest uh, unit pool, but it is yet two greens, and one of them people don't really want, and I will discuss the motion later, but, you know, with his skill set, a lot of people would not be upset seeing him demoted. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Sue, the daughter of Wrath from the Blazing Blade, though to hear her talk about it, he's... It's kind of worthless. <laughs> and granddaughter of Dayan of the Kutula tribe joins as a green cavalry archery unit. Her weapon, short bow plus, grants plus 10 damage when her special triggers. She has a new tier 4 version of Hone Speed, upping the granted speed to 7, as well as Moonbow, Swift Sparrow, and Chill Defense. Uh, now, here's the thing about Blazing Blade. A prequel to a game that came out uh years if not a decade before before blazing blade so the idea i was looking into this a bit so wrath is technically one of the relationship options for lynn at the end of blazing blade so sue could also yes. be the daughter of of lynn or some mysterious woman as um binding blade seems to and that's why it makes sense that lynn might not be uh definitely the one you talk to because lynn could either be the mother of sue or could be the mother of roy or there are a couple choices depending on how you do the supports in that game mm -hmm. um so lynn makes sense but i mean in uh you know i hassled it about the fact that she ignores wrath but um it made sense in binding blade because like you said it was possibly 10 plus years before uh blazing blade came out that binding blade actually released uh, so he might not have existed in Binding Blade. But Heroes is, you know, the developers know that Binding Blade or Blazing Blade exists and Wrath exists. And yet, I, I haven't seen all of her quotes because I don't have her. But every time she makes a comment in the Forging Bond, she's talking about her grandfather but ignoring her father. Right. You know, who was a decent fighter when I encountered him in... Uh, Lynn's story in Blazing Blade, so... Mm -hmm. And so did, so did Wrath not exist in Binding Blade? I don't know. Hmm. I haven't played Binding Blade. Um, Binding Blade came out first, and then Blazing Blade came out after when they made an English version of the game. Uh, they did not translate Binding Blade over. So... Any parents were created... were potentially created after the... Um, kids were created, right? You know, unless unless the character appears in Binding Blade, like Ella would, I think Lynn and Hector both appear, or at least Hector does. Uh, you know, unless the characters appeared in Binding Blade and were noted as the parent, you know, the parents of any of the other characters from Binding Blade were in theory created when they were building Blazing Blade, and they wanted to give you. All kinds of characters that were similar. For all we know, uh, 
you know, in Binding Blade, all you knew is that Ray and Lou were um, twins. I think they are also orphans in the game. So, no clue what happened to Nino. Nino might not have even existed when Binding Blade came out. Hmm. But when they created Blazing Blade, they made Nino and decided to make her their parent and give her a similar aesthetic. Oh yeah, because they kind of like they kind of retconned it a bit, and and it was mysterious in Binding Blade, but then in Blazing Blade, they kind of like, oh, this would make a good connection to the, because it is a yeah, prequel, it, right? So yeah, essentially, yeah, it's like any other prequel that is created after the original uh, character came out. It's mm-hmm. just you know. We may not have known about them, you know, or they they might have had some rough idea, but they hadn't fully uh, evolved it, which is how you see times when, you know, prequels change some things. Uh, Like you mentioned, you saw Captain Marvel. I don't know if they've done it before in, like, um, the uh, Agent Carter stuff or not, but essentially in uh, Captain Marvel... Nick Fury's going around as an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., yet in the original Iron Man, they were the strategic homeland, inter, yada, 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 some weird long name. And at the end, Coulson said, oh, we've changed it to just S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Yeah, yeah. No, there is, so, uh, they do say S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and there is some retconning there just to kind of make it simple. Cause yeah. You, could you imagine running around saying that big giant oh, yeah. name? Uh, which is uh, Which was a running joke in Iron Man 1. But... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, no, it's so. interesting. I think they did a really good job, and and honestly, I wish, yeah. I I wish a lot of these games that were Japanese only would would come over here in a in a way that would would allow me to play it. Yeah, so yeah, and that's kind of what we're hoping for, like with Gaiden, um, something happening echoes wise with games like this one or the genealogy games, so we can actually see who these characters are in their original games. Mm-hmm. You know. Speaking of characters from this game, uh, we have Thea, Stormy Flyer, straight out, straight from the arrow on CDEP. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong Thea. Uh, the only hero to escape the searching eyes of Reddit, Thea, Stormy Flyer, uh, it, which is kind of consistent in her search since there's very little about her on the wiki, um, is the Katria of the Alib series, uh, being the older sister of Shauna and younger sister of Juno. Uh, part of a Pegasus trio of units. Uh, she joins heroes as a blue lance flying unit. Her weapon Vanguard Plus grants defense plus 7 if the foe initiates combat. Uh, she comes with a new skill of seal speed defense, which debuffs enemy with speed in defense minus 5 after combat. So a new skill line just doing two um, uh, defenses or two stats instead of one. Um... And she has Ignis steady posh and steady posture rounding out her skill list. Hmm. And so. so this one's interesting. She she's the one that missed the Reddit leak, right? Yes. Uh, and um, I did kind of when hunting her down find out. I think I know why that is. Uh, because Reddit didn't know what name to use for her. Right. So they didn't know um, how to search a- in the data mine, maybe or. Essentially, yeah, because like the from what I heard, the way they found all these units is they uh, knew it was Binding Blade. They took characters and guessed at what they thought the name of the character, you know, the subtitle of the character might be. Um, and the thing with Thea is is that uh, 
being a Japanese-only character, she did not have a fully confirmed name translation uh, until pretty much, you know, this year. Um, in Choose Your Legends 1 and 2, mm-hmm. she was referred to as Thight. T-H-I-T. Oh. Um, although in uh, Shanna, who's been in the game for a while, ha- uh, does refer to her as Thea on one of her random castle conversations. Uh, talks about having two older sisters, Thea and Juno. Uh, and that is the name that she had in Choose Your Legends 3. Uh, but like most fan translations would uh, translate her name to Tate as well. So it's like, what name are they looking for? If they were looking for Thite, well, she's not going to appear. You know, assuming they didn't uh, heavy study Shanna in her, all her My Castle conversations, you know, conversations on that screen, they might have missed that they were calling her Thea. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, I think this is really cool to see heroes that kind of get glossed over by the fan base uh, and and we're surprised and, and it's kind of really interesting to see this being the first localization of of this character because you're right, being a Japanese only game, like when would they have needed to to translate her name? Now, is that the case for all of these characters like Sue and Adun? Like, are those direct translations that have already existed? Do you know or? Um, well, seeing as Reddit was able to correctly predict their names, I'm guessing they had some kind of uh, confirmation of their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it was in... I mean, I don't know if we have know who the parent of the Pegasus sisters are in um, from P- Blazing Blade, if they are ex- at all. Uh, whether Florina is one of their parents or not. Uh, whether there were references in Blazing Blade or... Um, a bunch of these characters have appeared in games like Awakening, so they might have had their names in there. Oh, that's it's a good just, point. You know, because there were a lot of spirit. For sure, but, yeah, yeah, there were a lot of spirit fighters basically in Awakening that that could have had their names translated. So that's really cool. Uh, we talked about Adun at the start of the show. Adun, the dark prince, the dark priestess. The reason I call this one of the weirdest banners is because the final unit of the banner is the main villain and final boss of the Binding Blade, and that is a dune. She is a red-armored dragon unit with her weapon being Demonic Breath, which grants defense plus three and is effective against armored foes. It also will neutralize any penalties and grant her plus four to all stats at the start of combat if she is less than full health or has a negative status effect on her. She has no new skills, but does have the Tier 4 skill Fort Defense slash Resistance 3 that Cliff introduced, as well as Bonfire, Vengeful Fighter, and Ward Dragons. So, it, so Adun being a main villainess in Blazing Blade, or sorry, Binding Blade, uh, we kind of, normally, this character would be reserved for a Grand Hero Battle. So... Grand Hero Battle or a another um, banner like the uh, Fallen Heroes one, where it was all villains. Yet she's a villain in a banner of heroes. You know. Hmm. And now, is she too strong to be giving away for free? Is that kind of the argument that we're thinking? That is kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, with her demonic breath, her unique uh, weapon. Uh, with quite quite the effect on it, it feels like they wanted to give her that ec- ultra powerful weapon, but they did not want to give her away for free. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
That makes sense. For a skill set like that, they didn't want to give her away for free. I kind of get it. Like, I see where they're coming from. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, she's... And the other interesting part about her is, let's just throw this out there. Uh, she's one of those female units that's kind of completely covered in the sense that they didn't... I, I don't know what she looked like in the main game, but, you know, kind of what this game likes to do is kind of, you know, sexualize these characters and they've kind of kept her, you know, in a way that uh, isn't isn't sexualized. So it's like interesting to yeah. see there that she's been given this, uh, this look in, could, and feel. It could be possibly they didn't want to canonize what she looks like under her thing because... You know, you may only see her face and then see her as a dragon. Because she is, uh, like, her story, when I was looking through, is she was like a divine dragon, like Tiki. Uh, but something happened that turned her into a demon dragon. And uh, Zephiel awakens her and charges her to help him kill all humans. Or something like that. Yeah, she is a ter- uh, she's, uh, she's run by a Terminator, basically. Yeah. yeah. So... Well, uh, let's talk about demotion because we wanted to. Yes. There was some some things that happened. Yep. Uh, so yeah, with the new banner, we now know who, if anyone, was demoted from the Fates Beast banner, and that was no one. So yeah, that if anyone took into effect, all four of the units are still five only, five star only. So that was kind of a bummer, especially since you know, uh, Valoria and Caden were not that impressive yet. It does, you know, with their weapons, it does kind of make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, As for this banner, uh, we may still end up getting one of these four units demoted. Uh, We have a whole month to wonder while we wait for that, it looks like, though. But um, looking at the units, I really doubt Sue or Dune are likely. Uh, Both have a tier 4 skill, and I doubt IS is planning to make those easily accessible, at least for now. Uh, plus, with Sue being a green archer, um, I think they're going to want to keep the colored archers kind of limited. Even though I think, like um, Dragonstones, uh, if it's inheritable, anyone, who, any colored archer can inherit it. Just it links coloring once you actually have it on them. Uh, and with the Dune's non-inheritable unique breath weapon that is quite powerful, kind of rules her out as well. Um, it was pointed out in Discord from the remaining two that Lou's weapon, being the same as female Morgan's, uh, might rule him out of being, uh, demoted. Uh, cause female Morgan is the only Lou unit with a Serpent Tome, and that is still 5-star only. Uh, so it does kind of make it look like, if anyone gets demoted, it is likely to be Thea. Uh, there has been some wondering if with her vanguard weapon giving a bonus to defense might rule her out or not. But, I mean, I think, like, um, Sylvia and her blade that gives defense and resistance were both demoted. So, I think there was another one that had resistance that was demoted. And they were dancers, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is weird that we didn't get a demotion from the from the Fates Beast Banner that happened. So a lot of people were kind of looking at that and there was a lot of a lot of posts on Reddit about the, the summoning pool continuing to be sort of flooded yeah. with five stars, right? But it doesn't happen yeah, very and, often. But, yeah, and we'll see what happens in April. Um, it was April last year when they did the first uh, mass demotion. 
Oh, uh, and also, if you take it into account, that was 14 months instead of 12 months. So even if April doesn't happen, it may happen in June, I think. I mean, I'm hoping for April over June, because sooner rather than later, especially as we get more five stars in the pool with many useless five stars like Carol. Not to harp on a... Not to beat a dead... Carol? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind being a dead one of those, because they're kind of annoying when they pop up. Yeah. But there are others like Luke and stuff that really aren't that impressive, yet they're still in the five-star pool. And sad to say it, even Lynn is kind of, you know, original Lynn. She's, you know, it's nice to have her in there, but she's someone who could, you know, with her skill set is not that impressive, unfortunately. Yeah, she's, yeah, she really hasn't had a lot going for her lately so um yeah we'll we'll see what happens and you're right we'll see what happens in april if there's a mass demotion and, and maybe we'll we'll see some of that action uh but finally we have with this this whole addition to the game rudger we mentioned uh, is a well I, I don't think we have mentioned rudger is the lone swordsman the other half of why this unit grouping is weird with rudger being a grand hero battle unit he does technically start as an enemy unit but he is an early recruit who stays with you until the end of the game he is a red infantry sword unit expected to have slaying edge plus vengeance attack slash defense bond and vantage so this guy comes into the game tomorrow correct uh yep tonight at 2 a.m or tomorrow however you want to word it he should be the new ghb unit coming out and as with most ghb units he doesn't have amazing skills with him but he does have pretty decent stat lines from what i was reading um, he's slightly lower attack than most, but he has similar speed to, like, Aira and stuff like that. And with his high health pool, he can actually be a lot tougher than you might expect. What I was reading up on. So. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes when he when he add, gets addition. Blah. When he gets added to the game uh, very soon. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's... Uh, Let's jump into Summoner's Focus, the new and improved Summoner's Focus, and the fine listeners chose Elliewood, Knight of Lycia. Lycia? 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 How's that pronounced? I think I usually called Lycia, or, you yeah. know, the Lycian League. Okay. Well, there you go. Lycian, Lycia. It just sounds really bad. It sounds like lice. It sounds like it's a, it's a location filled with lice. Um... Eddie, why yes, don't you... It sounds weird, weird when you say it out loud. It does, it does. But it looks cool when it's spelt in the notes. Do you want to yep. go over the lore here for Elliwood? Uh, yeah, Elliwood is one of the main lords of the Blazing Blade. He's the son of the Marcus of Foray and meets Lynn in Chapter 7 of her story, uh, but then heads on to his own story, uh, where one year after the end of Lynn's story, his father disappears, and he goes out hunting for him. Um, he becomes, uh, a year after the end of his story, he does become the Marquess of Foray. Uh, and through the way you play his story, he can end up marrying Lynn, Ninian, or Fiora, or three units from the Blazing Blade. Uh, Lynn and Ninian we have in the game already, obviously. Uh, Fiora's, uh, I think she was a Pegasus when I was looking through. A Pegasus rider. Mm -hmm. Uh, whoever he marries, he does end up being the father of Roy from the Binding Blade. Uh, where at the he like kind of makes a cameo at the start of the game, uh, where he is ill and assigns Roy to lead Frey's troop in his place at the start of the game. 
Uh, I've mainly focused on his encounter, you know, his story from Blazing Blade, but I wanted to note that there. Yeah, no, that's good. So I think it's uh, so my experience with uh, oh yeah, let's talk about why Elliot is matters in Fire Emblem Heroes, and that he is a uh, on the tier list. He's a tier four. Now, where are we getting these tier lists? Just so folks. Kind of, um, I'm assuming Game Press or yeah, I use Game Press. Um, on his character page, they have his tier in the top corner. I did eventually pull up the tier list and find that the uh, Game Press tier list has eight levels, so he's the upper middle tier. You know, he's not the best, but he's better than average, mm-hmm. slightly better than average. Um, yeah, and then I looked through, and you know, he has. Nothing amazingly unique for inheritance, uh, but he is the easiest way to get board cavalry at four stars. Um, he has it at four stars, um, and the only other units that have that are uh, one of the Olwins, and excuse me, sorry, uh, one of the Olwins, and there was a um, uh, Berkut had it as well, so a grand hero battle unit. So, if you get. And Ellie would on the four, and since he's three or four, sorry, he's kind of easy to get hold of. So Ellie would's probably your uh, best place to get ward cavalry if you're looking for that for a cavalry team. But the wards aren't amazingly high use, but they're you know somewhat useful. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I, yep. he, I like his special skill. Now, did we talk about special skills? That was what I was just okay. Finishing. Perfect. Sorry about <laughs> that. I, uh, it's funny. Like he he was added very. I think he was one of the first characters in the game. Like before it even launched, like he was in the game, and that's where you kind of look at him and think, "Wow, this character's been around a while, and he doesn't really pop top of mind these days." Um, but yeah, like in terms of my personal experience with Elliwood, obviously I. Blazing Blade was the first Fire Emblem game I ever played. Very important game in terms of my love of the franchise. And Elliewood plays a big part of that game. You know, he's a he's one of the three main lords and yeah, I don't And know. he's probably the lord most people spend the most time with cuz Lin's story is kind of a prologue and fairly short. Uh, Ellie Woods is kind of the main story, and a lot of people, I don't think, bothered going on to the Hector version of the story after defeating Elliewood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I just, I, I don't remember a whole lot about Elliewood and Blazing Blade, and I hope you know through the course of of this show we'll be able to replay that game. Uh, but I remember liking him in that game. Or, or I just, mm-hmm. what I don't, what I really do remember about him in Fire Emblem Heroes is that. His art just threw me way off. Like, not a fan. Yeah. Especially when you look at Hector and Lin when they came out early on in the, you know, when they were at the start of the game. His art just looked really weird compared to them. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I I did like when the Love Abounds banner hit and we got the Elliwood, you know, I, I know we're not to cross the streams here, but when they added uh, the free Elliwood for Love Abounds. Uh, yep. I was really happy about that because the art was back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this Hollywood not a not a huge fan. I know Phil from Phaeology, or uh, who used to be from Phaeology, he loves Hollywood, and his main guy, who you can find in game if you're friends with him, is a very powerful Hollywood. Like he makes Hollywood look yep. like a, a tier one unit. It's pretty it's yeah. pretty crazy how he's been able to kind of craft yeah. that character. 
Like I said, he's the upper middle tier, and if you use the right skills, you can make him pretty strong, which uh, Phil did. Um, yeah, he is a good character. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think that's uh, that's Summoner's Focus. Obviously, we'll look in the future to to you know offer some more personal tidbits when it comes to these characters, but that's Elliwood, Knight of Lycia, and next time we're looking at Awakening, which I think no matter who we choose, you and I will, will have some... Uh, some very personal stories to tell, because Awakening was a big game for both of us, right? Yeah, it was a big game for both of us, and I, I can't say I have personal stories for every unit, but a lot more units are more likely to have personal stories for. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, game Club will return next week. We're looking to probably go a little bit further than Chapter 19. Both of us have completed yeah. Chapter 19. I it- did you want to be uh, cautious but optimistic and go with Chapter 21? Yeah, let's or see. Or do we want to be overly cautious and just go with Chapter 20? Uh, let's go with 21, and and we'll okay. go from there. I think 20... The thing was, Chapter 19 was quite a quite a smaller chapter. We are starting to get into yeah. the end game here a bit. You know, uh, but, I mean, also, I wasn't expecting us to get through 17 and 18 as quick as we did, so... You know, because we had put two, being a little, uh, compared to how we were in the past early on, a little ambitious. We had put two in, and we managed to do three before we even got here. So, Mm -hmm. hopefully it continues, and we'll be a little ambitious. Well, let's look at Chapter 21 for next week. So, if you're playing along in Shadow Dragon, certainly keep up the good fight. Speculation Corner... Sorry, go ahead. And of course, uh, of course, keep an eye on Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, like I said, I did mention, I think it was Thursday or so, I did mention that we had already expanded Chapter 18 to Chapter 19 at that point. So if we both get through 21 and 20 and 21 pretty quickly this week, we might go ahead and extend it uh, to 22. We aren't sure yet, but keep an eye on Discord for that. For sure. Yeah, we do usually post our updates in, in Discord if you're looking for some between-episode updates, so look at that. Uh, speculation Corner this week. Eddie, what do you got for us? Uh, well, I was just looking at the um, new banner here, uh, and you know it threw me off when I realized it was out here for a full month. Um, and I was wondering, do you think this is a sign, uh, as I hinted, uh, asked, suggested earlier, that IS is slowing things down and going to give us one... A uh, new hero banner per month, and maybe a special hero banner from time to time. Um, and a grand, grand hero battle, and maybe a Tempest Trials later on in the month type thing. Or do you think it's just they're going to start leaving the banners up a bit longer so people have more time to try and get the units? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Like, maybe they wanted to expand... Forging bond is forging bonds also going to be a whole month as well to match the banner? Nope. Forging bonds seems to be the usual two weeks. Huh. See, and that is surprising. Even then that was shorter than sometimes the other banners, but it ends on the twenty second. So mm, I thought maybe that might have been the reason, but you're right, like I I don't think they're slowing down. I think they're maybe just this is the only normal banner we're gonna get for a month. So they just decided to keep it around for a month. I, I I would be surprised in a game of gotcha that there would be no, and I know you're not saying this, but no new heroes for the month of March. That'd be pretty crazy, don't you think? It would be pretty crazy, but I mean, 
maybe they're seeing a drop off in interest, so they're, you know, trying to. I mean, but my my thought is is that if they start putting fewer heroes out, they're going to get even more of a drop off. Yeah. So. I, Who knows? I think we'll get more heroes, but again, like without a calendar, it's really hard. It's it is literally speculation, and it, and yeah, that's part of the reason I'm I put it in here because it's like we still don't have a calendar yet. If we had gotten a calendar, this would have been a moot point. We would know what's going on in March. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, we will find out soon enough. I, I imagine we'll get a calendar in in the very near future. Uh, it's not very often they leave us hanging. Um, but there, there could be details in the calendar that they're trying to shy away from. So maybe, maybe we'll get a some sort of update for the next couple months that will show us maybe that new April mode. Who knows? Uh, we will have to see. Now, Eddie, do you want to rush through Outround Gate, or do you want to talk about just the box art that got unveiled this week for three houses? Uh, let's yeah, let's just cover the box art. Uh, we can cover the Black Eagles next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of got to get heading out here a little bit so yeah so we got in short on time exactly yeah for sure and i and i apologize i know folks are looking forward to more three houses but let's let's talk about this box art so we got the box art released for the japanese special edition of the game uh as well as the box art for the japanese and american version of um the actual uh regular cartridge of the game yeah, now do you want to confirm that this will be the same box art uh, for the American yeah. now cartridge? Do, now, do Sorry. you want to specifically talk to the Japanese special edition? Because I haven't seen it. Is it is it unique? Is it cool looking? Um, essentially, I think it's... Uh, I'd have to pull up the exact listing of what they have here. And uh, not seeing where an actual link to the actual Nintendo post is. Um, forgot to put that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's got a nice, cool little um box cover. Uh, the Fodlin collection. It has uh Edel Edelgard, Claude, and Dimitri standing on a mountain, staring at the monastery. Uh, comes with uh, looks like. Let's see. Oh, there's the earlier link that it lists the contents. It comes with. The game box art, uh, art book, uh, 33 track soundtrack, sound selection disc, mm-hmm. uh, with a slightly different coloring on the disc than the what was shown in the um, American version, as well as a steel book, and yeah, that special edition box art. Yeah, but so, what, so what's specific about the box art that you wanted to talk about for the special edition, though? I'm curious, like. It, it, there was nothing. It was just kind of cool looking, oh. and we got the actual box art for the car- game cartridge, which we hadn't had before. Uh, okay. Now, specifically to the American box art that we got, um, I think everything about it looks cool, except for the way they put the clip art for the three houses, uh, the three houses main characters over, like over the over top of the art. So they got the art is the. As you said, the monastery, they have the Fire Emblem three houses, and then they have the two avatars, the, the male and female version, which I think is great to feature on the box art. But then you have what appears to be the promo art for each of the house characters, kind of like 
situated in a way where their weapons very cool looking their weapons are kind of intersecting in a in a sort of Mm -hmm. you know trifecta there but the way they've situated those characters it looks like they plopped the art in rotated them in photoshop and like one of them's upside down and the other two are kind of like offset like it just looks really weird am i on am i wrong like is my question uh it does look kind of weird um you know, I didn't notice anything. I mean, it looked a little weird, but I didn't find any confirmation that. Um, yeah, it just looked. It's it's hard to say. I I didn't find it as weird. Um, I see where now that I get a close up look of the American version, um, I see where one of the comments in the Discord was that. Um, oh, what's his name? Dimitri, I think. Uh, the archer dude, his weapon is not aligned. Mm-hmm. If you look at the close-up on the Nintendo of America's tweet confirming that is going to be the uh, cover, you can see his bow going down, and then there's a flash of light, and the tip of his bow is to the right a little. It is really... Um, it's just odd. I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's... They wanted some kind of fancy three weapons clashing... I guess trying to invoke the three houses are fighting each other or something, which we still don't know if that's actually going to be happening in the game. Uh, and they, you know, uh, Edelgard and uh, Claude, or Dimitri, I don't know. The blue and the red characters both look like they're in either defensive moves or attacks. Mm-hmm. More defensive, probably. You know, she's dodging away from an attack. He's putting up his lance to block an attack. Uh, where, you know, upside down boy there in yellow looks like he's about to do an attack, but it, as mentioned, his weapon is out of alignment. Yeah, it's he has a, a very magical le- weapon, a lightning bolt bow, I guess. Yeah, and I know we're 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 grasping at straws here. We're we're splitting hairs, all those fun sayings, and that it is the box art. You're gonna open the game, you're gonna look at it once, and you're gonna put it in your switch, and you're gonna play the game. It's not a huge deal, but. Um, I'm probably not even going to see the box art other than here. So yeah, again, if you purchase it digitally, you're never you're never going to see that unless you're you're on the store and you see it. But I I mean, it just as a point of discussion, it looked a little weird. It does not in any way impact the game. But yeah, this is a Fire Emblem podcast, and we're going to talk about new Fire Emblem content. But uh, I do promise next week we will have more time to talk about the Black Eagles. Uh, and it is March, so we have lots of time to talk about Three Houses. So. This is a great way to spread it out is with uh, talking about some box art. So, Eddie, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for rescheduling and all that fun stuff. Um, I hope you have a great week playing Fire Emblem, doing some Shadow Dragon stuff. Uh, you looking forward to more Shadow Dragon? Uh, yeah, been having a lot of fun with it. Um, it does get a little tedious at times. Like, I was looking at uh, Chapter 20 and that right when I got there and it's like, yeah, I don't feel like dealing with this tonight. Uh, then my next day at work was just very busy. So I didn't have a chance to even try to hop in there, but I've been having a lot more fun than lately, whether it was the break and getting back into it, that made me more interested or I just feel the story is moving along better or it's just, uh, having decent strength characters is making it a bit easier to hop back in. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely makes it easier to progress through those chapters now that our characters are a lot more stronger. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk more about Game Club next week when we return for chapter up to chapter 21, hopefully. 
thank you so much for yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Say having having the good strength character makes it easier to progress, but it makes it that much harder to allow someone to die. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that is a very good point. A lot of resets in our future. Yeah, someone dies from this group. We don't have anyone to really replace them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, gosh, that's a good point. Uh, well, that's next week's problem. Visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. Email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. You can check out the Fire Emblem channel in the Gamers In Discord over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. It's the best way to interact with us in between episodes. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at rmurphy, Eddie at Dralfear. And don't forget to follow at the Gamers In for show updates. Thank you for listening, everybody, and happy summoning. Happy summoning.